0: How's everybody doing today? Good. I hope you're motivated. Hope you're excited about today. It's a good day. It's beautiful out, right? It's the summertime. Anybody in a sunshine state of mind? I know I am. <laughs> I'm excited about today. God is good. Um, we've been talking about miracles and that's been wonderful. Um, people have lift up their, their heart for miracles, their expectation of miracles. And I want to encourage you to stay in a place of expectation of miracles of the supernatural in Jesus' name. But I want you to put your hand on your right hand on your heart and say this with me. I'm, I'm moving forward, moving forward with, my story. with my story. Say it again. I'm moving forward, I'm moving forward with, my story. with my story. One more time. I'm, I'm moving forward, moving forward with, my story. with my story. It is the Father's will. For you to move forward with your story. And your story is your life. Your story is what God has prearranged and preordained for you to live out. The Bible says that we are His masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that we should what walk in them, Ephesians 2:10. And so God is calling us to walk out our story, walk out the good works He has pre-arranged, preordained for us to walk in. And so the title of today's message is Move Forward With Your Story. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today in this message, we're going, and this is actually a new series called Moving Forward. We don't usually do series all the time, but this is going to be a series, so it's going to, you know, build. So anyway, um, we're going to address why people don't move forward. And it's going to be keys that we're going to look at people who don't move forward and you're going to see what not to do. Praise God. And it's going to help you move forward with your story, move forward with your life and be all that God has created you to be. And so the um, first reason, write this down, of why people don't move forward with their story is one. Number one, they're stuck in the past. They're stuck in the past. There's this statement that, um, I don't know who the author of this statement is, but it's an amazing statement. And it says, you can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. I love that. You can't start the next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last one. And so there are a lot of people stuck in their past because they keep reading, rereading their last chapter. Now there's different reasons why people are stuck in the past. Um, sometimes it's childhood trauma. Sometimes it's um, some kind of emotional attachment to something or someone. So you remember when God told um, Saul, "You're no longer the king of Israel." And if you know your Bible, you know that King Saul was the first king of Israel and um, a legitimate king, actually, because they had some pseudo king, but he wasn't no real king. So. Um, but the first king of Israel that God ordained was King Saul. But King Saul messed up; he was in rebellion to what God had told him to do, and um, he was done. God was done with him. He says, "You're no longer be the king of Israel. I got another person. I'm rejecting you as king. I got somebody else." So um, Samuel was King Saul's prophet, and you know the kings had prophets, and he was um, very close to Saul, and he was weeping and crying over the fact that Saul was no longer king. Everybody remember that story? And what did the Lord say? Why are you still crying? I've moved on, it's time for you to move on. And so there was an emotional attachment that the prophet had with this king. And so sometimes people are stuck in the past because of emotional attachments. And you have to learn for yourself why you are stuck in the past Um, There's fear. There's so many different reasons. I'm not here to go into all of that today, but the fact is people don't move forward with this story because they're stuck in the past. And so here's the key. You have to do what Paul said to do in Philippians chapter three. What did he say? Forgetting those things which are what? Behind. So whether it's good things, bad things, your responsibility, according to Philippians chapter three, verse 13, is to forget those things which are behind. Forget about it. Sometimes there's people you need to forget. Past boyfriends, past girlfriends, past situations. Some people are stuck in the past because they're holding on to a grudge. This is one of the reasons why unforgiveness is so important. I mean, forgiveness is so important and why unforgiveness is so dangerous because unforgiveness keeps you stuck in the past. You're holding on to an event that happened, an an offense that happened yesterday. So in order for you to move forward, you got to forget about that. So there's people trying to live their lives, and they see roadblocks here, roadblocks there, or something else happens because they're stuck in the past. People have actually uh, lost their lives because of unforgiveness. The healing that was for them today or for them in the future is not there because of unforgiveness, because the unforgiveness clogs up the anointing. It hinders the healing anointing. You know the story I've told you with um, um, Jerry Savelle? Brother Jerry Savelle, a great, um, powerful man of God, and early on in his ministry, there was, um, he had some partners had found out he was coming to a certain town, and they called, they got a hold of him, and, and said, hey, my wife is really sick. Can you come and visit her in the hospital? She's dying of cancer, and he said, okay i will so he went to before the lord and we're going to pray to see what's going on what do you want me to do what's the issue here and the lord ministered to him and he had the answer for the woman so he arrives into this other state uh, and he comes into the hospital they're excited brother jerry oh my goodness you're here he's there and he tells the woman the husband's there the woman's there she's lying out emaciated with cancer and he says the lord said this is your answer this is how you're gonna get healed forgive your husband that's what the Lord told me when I was in prayer. And he said, This, this woman with no strength, hardly any flesh left in her body, sh- struggled up, stood up, and she said with such venom, I will never forgive him. He cheated on me 25 years ago, and I will never forgive him. Dying of cancer. Man of God, that you have to come. Heard the word of the Lord. Evidently he doesn't know who you are, and you still rejected it. And the husband gets undone, starts crying, oh my goodness, I I told you, I'm sorry. Why are you still holding this against me? He gets undone. The next day, she's dead. He gets the call, the wife is dead. Because she rejected the word of the Lord, her healing did not manifest. Her miracle didn't happen. Because she was stuck In the past. So guess who gets to move on with his life? Her husband. She went to heaven early because she was stuck in the past through her bitterness and unforgiveness. Some people think being stuck in the past, okay, some people people stuck in the past, okay. No, sometimes it will cost you your life. So. Do what Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind. Every time I get up, I am excited. I have a fresh attitude. Why? Because I don't think about yesterday. And when things try to attach themselves to me, I forget about it. Nope, I let that go. I release that. So I can be free to move forward with my life. Amen? Praise God. So the reason why they don't move forward is because they're stuck in the past. Don't be like that person. Don't be overly attached. Don't have unforgiveness. Don't have a grudge. Move forward in Jesus' name. Number two, they're standing still when they should be moving forward. We're talking about why people don't move forward and that we're moving forward with our story. But people don't move forward because they're standing still when they should be moving. And this was the children of Israel's problem. You guys know the wonderful story of how God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. But let's go to Exodus 14. Um, Verse 13, and so Israel, God, you know, the 10 plagues, 10 representing judgment, he judges Israel for holding his people in bondage, because once God says, let people go, you better let them go. (laughs) Pharaoh kept playing games with God, he kept sending plagues, I mean, after one frog is in my oven, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done, I yield. (laughs) But Pharaoh has so much pride. People said the Lord hardened his heart. But the reason why his heart was hardened because he had so much pride. He had so much pride. So you know the sun, right? This is a good picture. The sun, um, depending on the conditions of the, the, the clay, the sun can harden the clay or it can soften the clay. So people say, oh, God hardened his heart. Why why should we blame Pharaoh for what he did? God did it. No, 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 no. God is the son. Pharaoh's Pharaoh's heart is the condition. If your heart is humble, you'll get soft. If your heart is prideful, it will get hard. So God deals with you according to the condition of your own heart. And that's why it's important for you to make sure that your heart is soft before the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Those kings were crazy back then. I understand. They, they had wars. They always had enemies. Somebody was trying to take their kingdom all the time. so they had a lot of, But they had a lot of pride. Remember King Nebuchadnezzar? He was so stinking proud. He was so proud. God, <laughs> he said, this is a good guy in general, but he has so much pride. We're going to have to send his butt to the... to the the wilderness out in the forest for seven years. Seven years, not seven days, not seven hours. Give me seven minutes, I'm some kind of wild creature. I'm good, I'm good, Lord, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Seven years, that's how deep pride can go. Don't mess with pride, it will take you far and make you look like a fool. Anyway, so they're now, so then the last plague God gives um, the Egyptians is the, the blow of death. Killing the firstborn, the spirit of, the, the spirit of death, the destroyer, the Bible calls him. He's going to come across the land. God told Israel, put that blood on your doorpost and he'll pass over you. If you don't put that blood, he ain't passing over you. You gonna get a death blow too. That represents the blood of Jesus in our time. The blood of the Lamb. Put on the doorpost of your life. That's why we believe in pleading the blood. Because oh, pleading the blood is not in the Bible. Technically, you do not see anybody say, I plead the blood. That is true. But we have symbols of the pleading the blood. Amen. And we have different scriptures that show the power of the blood. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ speaks better things than that of Abel. Can blood really speak? But in the spiritual realm, it is speaking. And so the blood of that, of, that, of that lamb said, pass over them. And the blood of Jesus is speaking, pass over the people. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And so they put the blood of the post, the death blow, all of, Israel, all of Egypt is going crazy. Ah, My firstborn, firstborn cattle, firstborn son, everybody's dead. And still, Pharaoh's heart is hard. And he still wants to come after the children of Israel. That's some deep pride. That's a devil. <laughs> come on, somebody. So now they're at an impasse. They've left, they've walked out. They now have the Red Sea before them, and they have Pharaoh and his army behind them. And this is where we come into the story Exodus 14, verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. Come on. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? It seems as though what Moses said was amazing. The Lord will fight for you. Hold your peace. Stand still. You have to know the strategy that should be used at any particular moment. There may be a time a guy may stand stand still, but another time, I don't want you to stand still. Amen? Amen. And in this season in our lives, when we're moving forward with our story, we don't need to be standing still to see the salvation of the Lord. He has already saved us. He has already blessed us. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He has already already given us exceedingly great and precious promises. He wants you to move forward with what He has done. Amen? And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? There's a time to cry to the Lord and there's a time to act. You have to know the difference. And and honestly, more people are crying to the Lord than acting. And that's why many times the people of the world look more successful than the people in the church. Because the people in the church are still acting like beggars instead of acting like people of action sons and daughters of God who should be moving forward with their story. This is what Jesus said in his time. This is 2,000 years ago. How many, how many years ago? 2,000 years ago when Jesus was on the planet and he was talking about the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, the people of God. There was no church, but they were still the people of God. And he said this, a very interesting statement. He said, the children of this world are wiser than the children of light. It's an indictment against the children of Israel and a compliment to the people of the world. And that word wiser is the word sagacious, smart, keen, witty, making moves, making things happen, investors. People not sitting around crying to the Lord in the synagogue crying, crying, crying and not moving as if God didn't hear them. Once you prayed, once you believed you received, once you have went to the Lord, it's time for you to act as if God heard you. And so God is saying to him, why why are you crying to me? (laughs) Tell the children of Israel to go forward. One other says, to move forward. Somebody say, I'm moving forward, I'm moving forward. With, my with my story. Go forward. There's a time to be still and there's a time to go forward. Amen. Hello, somebody. Amen. Praise God. And then he says this, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. In other words, don't look just for me to do something. You do something. Pastor Hagen, um, this is my spiritual father's son, Kenneth Hagan, Jr., who's the pastor of Rainbow Bible Church today. One of his famous statements is this. The natural and the supernatural coming together make an explosive force for God. And I'll say it again. He said it, he said it a thousand times. We all know it. The natural and the supernatural coming together, make an explosive force for God. And so what was gonna happen here? God said, you're gonna participate in this miracle. Oh, come on. Yeah. We were talking about miracles. Yeah. You're gonna participate in this miracle because the splitting of the Red Sea is surely a miracle. It don't happen every day, you stand in front of the Red Sea and, it's, and it splits apart, okay? Tell you to go to Jones Beach, see that happens. Yeah, take take a rod. Find some rod somewhere. (laughs) The beach is going to be like, no. We're we're staying close. (laughs) So he says, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So there's two pictures I have of what happened. Either he had his rod in his right hand And he lifted it up and stretched it over the sea. Or he had his rod in maybe the left or the right hand, lifted up this rod and stretched his hand like this. Which one do you think it was? The Bible doesn't say. I'm just asking you. You think it was the first one? Lifted his rod and stretched it out? Who thinks it was the second one? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But either which one, right? It was showing his dependence on God's power, and his actions. Hearing an instruction from heaven, and then him doing it. Which means that even in Moses putting out the rod and his hand, which is his action, he still needed God. So no matter how much you, you know, are self-actualized, or you're making things happen, you have to remember the source of all your strength is him. Amen? Amen? Paul says, I can do all things through who? Christ, who strengthens me. I can't do it on my own. I do it through his strength. So what happens is this. Don't be over-religious where you ain't doing nothing. you's crying to the Lord. But don't be so humanistic where you think everything you do is you. Hello, somebody. You must strike that balance that I'm doing it, but it's God strengthening me. I'm making moves, but God is giving me the wisdom. I'm taking over, but it's God who's giving me the spirit of dominion on my life. So he gets the glory while you make the moves. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus said, when you bear fruit, my father is glorified. God's not bearing the fruit. He ain't the tree. You are the tree. You bear the fruit. But he gets the glory. You shine your light. And the people glorify him. Let your light so shine before men that they may see whose good works, your good works, and do what? Glorify your father in heaven. So it's you and God that make the unbidable team. Not just you by yourself. and Not just God all by himself. Paul says, I'm a co-laborer together with the Lord. Yes. As an apostle building the church. You, Lord, Somebody... Says the, the 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 traditional teaching when Jesus was talking to Peter and he said, Peter, uh, um, or oh Simon, I call you Peter, I call you Petra, I call you Rock. And upon this Rock, I will build my church. So the Protestants say the Catholic has it wrong. That is not Peter. He was talking about. He was talking about himself. I'm building. I'm building um, the church on myself. I'm building the church. on on the revelation that you had that I'm the son of God. I taught it that way too. Wrong! The Catholics are right. If you read the context and take off your religious glasses, Jesus was talking about Peter. Upon you, I'm gonna build my church. He's trying to show it's human beings and me working together. The people have so much low self-esteem, I can't believe it was that. No, the Catholics had it right. Sometimes even the Jehovah's Witnesses have it right. Now they're off. It's a cult. But they're right, we're gonna be in heaven for eternity. We are gonna be on the planet. When your church is preaching, when we all get to heaven, with a great yeah, we're gonna rejoice in heaven, but you're gonna be on this planet. You're not gonna be in heaven forever. I have a mansion in heaven. Yes, you have a mansion, but you're gonna be on planet Earth. Oh, I, I, I don't know about that. I don't know, it's in the Bible. A new heaven and a new what? There's going to be just veg, vegetation and, and animals. <laughs> you're going to be down here. Heaven is God's house. This is your house. And because are your father, you can go visit and be there. But you're going to be on the earth. Not only in the millennial reign when Jesus reigns on the planet for a thousand years. I'm talking about after all that's over, after Armageddon and God renovates the earth, you'll be back on the planet. Jehovah's Witness had that right. They have everything else wrong. <laughs> the apostolics had it right. When they say, I baptize you in Jesus' name. All the, all the evangelicals, no, no, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Well, if you read the book of Acts, the Bible says they baptize people in water in Jesus' name. So that tells me something. Take off your religious glasses, people that the name is Jesus. Because notice Jesus didn't say, baptize them in the names of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He said, baptize them in the name. There's one name that represents the Godhead, Jesus. Paul says the force of Godhead dwells in him bodily. So the apostolics, they got a lot of other things wrong. Those are the ones who say, if you're speaking in tongues, you're not saved, that's a lie. That's incorrect. But they do baptize in you in Jesus' name, and that is correct. That's why right. when it's church, when we baptize you in August, we baptize in Jesus' name. Amen. Like we apostolics, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, somebody baptizing in the name of the Father, Son of the Ghost, we don't care. Not a big deal, but that is the correct way. So what you have to do, because I'm a thinker, I don't just believe something because somebody told me, I read, I think, I process things. You have to do that. Think, read, process things. Amen? Amen. And it'll keep you from being fooled, keep you from being deceived. So, when Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, he's doing the building, but Peter was one of the apostles upon whom he was going to build it on. That's what Paul said in Ephesians, the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Hello, somebody. The Bible you read didn't come from the heavens. It didn't come down a book like you know, like they say among well, no, the Mormons. No, no, no. The book was written by apostles and prophets and other men of God. But primarily prophets and apostles. Isaiah was a prophet. Malachi was a prophet. Moses, who wrote the first five books of the New Test- of, of the Old Testament, was a prophet. Did you know that the first five books were written by Moses? Genesis, Leviticus, Exodus—all those first five books—they're called the Pentateuch. You know that was written by Moses. Does anybody know that? Well, how did Moses write Genesis? He wasn't there. I know. So evidently, God gave him visions of what happened. How could Moses write? In the beginning, was the Lord God created the heavens and the earth? He had to have had a vision. You see. And so the foundation we believe is based on the prophets and the apostles. So when Jesus said, upon Peter, I will build my church, the Catholics got it right. Peter is the one that the Lord, but he went to the first pope, though. Sorry, guys. He wasn't wearing no white gown, looking crazy. <laughs> no power, speaking in 20 languages, and nobody getting saved. they all going to hell. Lin-Man. Let me stop, let me stop, let me stop, let me stop. Bring it in, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. So now let's skip down to Exodus 14, 21 to 23. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. What I'm glad about is that Moses did not start questioning God. Well, how are you going to do that? How I was stretching my hand and raising his rod he ain't do that. He knows. He's the God of miracles. Let me just do my part. He will do the rest. And if you are going to move forward in your story, and you're going to move forward in miracles, you have to come to a place where you stop wondering how God's going to do his part. His part is his business. Your part is your business. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Somebody say with me. His part is his business. My part is my, part is my, business. Is my business. business. The reason why we're in this building right now, is because I've learned that lesson. When we was told, I told you this already, I'm gonna keep saying it, because it's a testimony from the Lord. We were told by Pierce 2038, we can't be there no more because they're gonna be doing their HVAC stuff and it's gonna take so many years and we got to leave, blah, 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 blah. I told the Lord, I don't care. I ain't worried about it. Then you have initial like, ah, oh, man. But then you're like, not my problem. This is your kingdom, your church, your people. Find a building. Oh, you talk to the Lord like that? Yes. He said, come boldly, didn't he? Amen. he sure did. Oh, that sounds kind of rude. No, you that's rude to you. That's bold to me. <laughs> and this is your problem. I told the Lord. And I told people the same story. I think the same thing I told the Lord. I told people, I ain't getting no glory. I ain't getting no honor. Nobody's praising me. So I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I ain't worried about it. It's not my problem. That's his problem to figure out. He already knew this was going to happen. I didn't know they told us this. Like, only months before we had to leave. I was like, okay, not my problem. So I told the Lord, I said this to you before, I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna show you how much is not my problem. Patrick, you're assigned to go find the building. He was like, okay. Because usually the senior pastor gets worried, and the oh, I gotta try to do it. No, I ain't doing nothing. Patrick don't find it, it won't be found. Our bus will be back on TV. I do not care. That's how you have to approach things. Now, I'm gonna do whatever the Lord tells me to do, amen. And so he's here to be the executor. I'm here to be in prayer and worship and we re- get into the word and do other things. He's gonna do his job and you're gonna do it. And so guess what happened? The Lord gave him a dream. He saw, him, saw us in a new building. He got a little team together. Um, Jeff and um, Danique and they did their little thing and then he did something that guess what, had I been involved I wouldn't have done he called this school now why wouldn't you have called this school because years ago I wanted this school and I tried to get to school twice one on my own then I had a friend who worked here she, she had a little connection the principal <laughs> thought oh okay we'll give it to them one day we wanted for them one day we wanted for every Sunday she still said no the old principle. There's a new principle here now. She said, no. So when the Lord gave him the dream and he felt led to call her again, that was the Lord. That was him doing what Moses did, stretching forth his hand, lifting up his rod. The dream was God. God was saying, I'm involved in this process. Maurice has finally gotten there where he is letting me do what I'm supposed to be doing. And so the principal who told me twice... You ain't gonna never be in this building. Nobody's gonna be in this building where we at right now. In this building. <laughs> where we at right now. <laughs> the girl from, uh, uh, what's the girl from, from, um, from Destiny Child? Um, the one who sings gospel. Michelle Williams, what, was that song? When God says, when Jesus says yes, nobody can, nobody can say no. Yeah. Well, evidently he said yes. Can somebody celebrate? Come on. Yeah. Hallelujah. When God says yes, when Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. Jesus said this in the book of Revelation. I have, behold, or see, I have set an open door before you that no man can shut. If if there's a door open that Jesus opened, nobody can shut it. Now, if somebody opened it for you, then it can be shut. But if Jesus opened the door, nobody can shut it. And then he closes doors, he says, that nobody can open. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. If he closed the door on your sins, nobody can open that door again. Come on, somebody. Remember he said to the woman who was caught in adultery, he just made some certain statements, made them all feel guilty, look stupid. Jesus is a master making you look stupid. Don't mess with him, man. He says, hey, oh, oh, got the young ones and the old ones. Wow. Got the stones ready to stone her according to the law. Wow. Okay. I got something for you guys. Because you're going to say that I created the law and I did. And you're going to say I went against my own word. I'm not. I'm just going to say this. You who without sin. threw the first stone. <laughs> and The Bible says. But all of them start, from the youngest to the oldest. Ah nah, I got I got a lot of stuff on me. (laughs) They all dropped their stones and walked away. Genius personified. And then Jesus said to the woman, "Mm, I'm looking around. Where are your accusers? She says, nowhere, Lord. He says, Neither do I condemn you go your way and sin no more genius he knew how to get rid of the haters without violating his own word jesus knows how to get you through things through certain doors give you certain opportunities the problem is the devil keeps and the flesh keeps having you not look to him Sometimes the impatience of the flesh. The Bible says, through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. God has some amazing things awaiting for you, but you're not going to inherit it if you don't know how to believe Him and then wait in faith. Not wait complaining, not wait crying, but wait in faith. If you want to move forward with your story, you have to learn to let the Lord do stuff. Amen. Amen. And do the part He tells you to do most miracles if you study in the bible most supernatural acts most open doors there's a human element to it did you notice that in the bible the water turned into wine jesus could just no 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 you go fill the water pots then i will do my part stretch forth your hand lift up that rod then i will cause the sea to open Amen. Put the blood on the doorpost, then the death angel will pass over you. Kill that lamb. <laughs> it can be symbolic of the future. Remember um, when, when, it, when, when it was um, time for um, Joshua and the people to cross the Jordan River? Anybody know that story? To go into the promised land to really make the Bible says that, that Joshua had to step into the water. There was no rod, there was no hand. Step into the water then you're going to be on the other side. Then the waters will yield to you. God has an instruction for everything that you need to happen. Amen. The problem is people not listening. If you're going to move forward with your story, you're going to have to listen to the instructions to receive your miracle. Peter said, oh, we fished all night. I'm the professional fisher. Ain't caught nothing. Oh, well, it's a dub. He said, no, it's not a dub. I'm here. Cast your net on the other side. Oh, Jesus, I've been. Okay, let me be quiet. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, at your word, I will. Caught it. it was, the boats were sinking. Mm-hmm. Started to sink. He had a signal for his partners to come. The Bible says they were astonished at the catch of fish. One translation says they were greatly amazed. If we follow instructions, we'll be greatly amazed. Amen. When the Lord told me last year last year this year? Yeah, I think it was last year, right? Last year, I can't remember. Anyway, the Lord told me um, I was in my room, and um, I had some birthday money from last year. Uh, and this is not a plug for, for my birthday, but my birthday is coming up, so <laughs> I, I just caught that. <laughs> People do do stuff like that. I'm not doing that. But anyway, and I looked at my top shelf. I had some cash there, and I heard a voice say, "So and so needs um, two thousand dollars." And I was like, what? I'm getting dressed for church. I'm like, I ain't giving nobody no do nothing. I say, like, is this the Lord? Now, you hear the voice of God for everything else, but now suddenly so you don't hear the voice of God, right? All right, all right, okay. So I'm like, nah, nah, this can't be. So, okay, I go to church. I'm like, what? So think about it. Then the offering time comes, and I hear the Lord say, I'm gonna, I, I want to demonstrate something. Get up. Now this is going to take faith, and say, um, the Lord says that to the person that you need this amount of money, and they're going to say, "Yes, I do." And I was like, "No, nah, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not doing that. That just can't be. This can't be the Lord. this, this can't be the Lord. This cannot be the Lord." So then, service is over. I'm, I'm acting like Gideon. You know, was, the Lord told Gideon to do something. But I was like, because he was afraid. He did it at night. I was afraid, I'm afraid. So I went to the person, I said, hey, do you need $2,000? The person says, yeah. I actually need 2,900 or something. I was like, what? And they told me what they needed it for. And I said, like, okay, I, I'll, I'll see. I may have something for you. I still wasn't saying the Lord said. <laughs> so that Monday... I was reading a book by Jerry Seville, the guy I mentioned earlier, on the marvels of God and the majesty of God. It's talking about how he started getting large sums of money, but it started with him sowing the smaller sums, you know, the hundred thousand, the millions, and all that stuff came from him first being obedient. You know, when the Lord starts do, dealing with you that, it's a little like, oh, okay. So he was like, um, and in my mind, I'm justifying. Oh, I've been giving all my life, I always give. And if we bring it all together, it's mad though. But I'm not talking to you about yesterday. Amen. Oh, come on somebody. Yeah. And I talked about what you did and all the money you gave over all the years. I ain't talking to you. I said, so-and-so needs $2,000. So I was reading this thing and he was talking about and, and um, Jerry Savelle was talking about how the Lord told him, give this person this amount of money. It was a lot of money, something he had never done before. And he said, I was like, I uh, don't think so. And the Lord said, okay, watch what's gonna happen. When it's time, when it's your turn, and it's time for, some, for me to talk to somebody else, to give you money, when it comes in slow, you'll know why. When I read that, I jumped up, not me! <laughs> I called the person. I said, hey, the Lord said, and I have this money for you. You'll be getting it right away. Amen. I was like, oh, that ain't going to be my story. And then the Lord knew how to get me. I was reading the, know, I'm trying to read this book, trying to be spiritual, and the Lord getting me. So I said, okay. So I sent the money. So now I'm like, yo, it's not like I still had some money, but I was like, I, I don't want to give that, my birthday money. So then, I said, okay, yo, your word says you got to multiply my seeds sown. you gotta multiply this money back to me. So somebody told me, I wanna pay your rent. That's the first thing that happened. Then the next thing that happened, I think somebody gave me, what, $700? I think that's what it was. So I got the $2,000 back, just like that. Then, I was in the Uber, and I said, well, you said multiply. That's not multiply. That's just getting back what I got. <laughs> so I didn't see some multiplication up in here. I'm No lie. I'm talking to the Lord just, just like that. What's up? Like, mm, I don't think that. That don't sound right. Thank you, but I need the multiplication. So one day, I think I was was I sleeping or praying. I can't remember. Like 3 o'clock in the morning, I saw a text, and I saw my cash app, and I saw... 1900 and something dollars. And I didn't go crazy. I just like, hmm, <laughs> what is this? So I looked at it later. And there was a young woman who used to go to our church. And under the circumstances of watching out the church, you would think she would give me, I didn't do nothing to her, but still, you would think that, okay, I didn't think about that church or the pastor or anything. So I was like, wow, you did it. But this is like shortly after I gave that $2,000. So now I have gotten four grand on that $2,000 seat. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. (laughs) So I tried to call the person, but I didn't have the right number. Then they called me and said, did you get the money? I said, I sure did. I said, "What was that about?" I said, "I tried to call you, but it's always a different number." Whatever. The person said, um, "At my new church, the um, woman pastor, the wife, uh, was teaching on vows. If you make a vow to God, you better keep it." Well, I made a vow to God that you didn't know. I didn't know about this. She said, "Remember when I was looking for a new job?" I said, "Yeah." I remember that time, that season, she said, well, I told God, I didn't, you didn't know this, that if you give me a new job, I'm gonna give Pastor Maurice my first paycheck. Hallelujah. She said, right after I made that prayer, I got a new job. Listen, I'm good ground, man, I'm saying, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, people getting jobs off my name, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jeff, don't hate, it's all right. <laughs> One day, they'll do that day. So I was like, what? She says, yes. And through her sermon, the Lord, and the Lord reminded me, you didn't pay your vow. You made a vow. You didn't do it. Amen. When she heard the pastor preach the sermon, she said, okay, I'm done. I'm going to do it. Isn't it interesting? Before God gave me the instruction to give the two thousand, he was already setting me up for a blessing. And when everybody came into line, everything, she got her blessing, I got mine. Amen. Amen. Obedience is key to the miraculous and the supernatural happening in your life. Obey his instructions. When it comes to giving, when it comes to anything, just obey. Um, Derek, stand up. Don't be frowning, stand up. You will take your hat off to stand up. Just stand up. I didn't say take your hat off. <laughs> he got filled with the Holy Spirit last week. <laughs> At my house. Just sit down. Speaking in tongues in seconds. Now what happened? Sunday, I was... Was it this past Sunday? Last Sunday? Jeff, last Sunday? We were together? Yeah. yeah. So last Sunday, Jeff, him, uh, Derek, myself, and... Uh, Alex went out. Amen. That's kind of a weird combination that usually doesn't happen. I'm like, oh, this isn't different. But it, but it was cool. It was good. Oh, guys, you know, no girls. <laughs> no, no. Nicole would have come. She turned us down. She going to go to her new house to see how the paint job is going. All right. Is it, was it good? It's good. <laughs> she said, I would go with you guys, but um, I got to go check my house out. I said, okay, check your house out, girl. So... Um, so, so, so what happened? Oh, my goodness. Um, so I told him, um, Sunday, it's time for you to get filled with the Holy Spirit. He's like, okay, we can do it right now. I said, okay, now, by the time we finished eating at Olive Garden, I was tired. He's like, okay, so we're doing it? And the parking lot said, bro, I'm tired, I'm going home, I'll see you on Monday. So he's like, okay. So Monday came, I was doing something, I said, I'll see you on Tuesday. But one of the things I gave him, the instruction I said to him is, Um, Before I left him on Sunday, I said, I want you to say out of your mouth that um, when Pastor Maurice lays hands on me, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon me and I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. Um, I said, did you follow that instruction? He said, I did. So guess what happened? It's not about psyching somebody out. It's about releasing his faith. So when I lay hands on him, it was very easy for him to receive. And then boom, he was speaking in tongues. And he was stammering some, a little bit. I could hear the tongues and everything. And I I said, Bro, just release. The fire is there. He said, I did feel that fire. You said, I'm going to feel inside my stomach. And he said, I'm I'm holding back. I said, Stop holding back. And boom, here comes all the tongues. Beautiful. He said, This is weird. (laughs) He said, It's supernatural. Amen. Amen. All the supernatural happens when you, her her mom, I brought her to my house. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on the, on the, on the, on the offensive with the devil. Amen. Amen. We're getting people saved, filled the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes. Her mom, um, they was in a Pentecostal church, Nicole's mom, Sister Frances, and um, I knew that she was a, a warrior. Now I mean, we're we hearing things now, how Jesus appeared to her in the house, and I said, okay, I knew it. But my wife prophesied to her, you're a prayer warrior, there's something powerful in your life, remember that, all those prophecies? Amen. So, but I said, you filled the space, she said no. And then, I said, yeah, we're going to have to talk. I'm going to talk to you. So she came to my house and um, her daughter, Nicole's daughter, was, because um, Nicole was going to prayer, and her daughter said, oh, I'm going with my grandma. I said, no, you can't go with your grandmother. You have to go with your mother. Why did I do that? Because I knew I needed her, mo- her grandmother, her mother, to be able to be free to talk to me about her story. I just knew that we needed to talk. So when we sat down, she said, yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to ever be filled with the Holy Spirit. I thought it wasn't for me. I thought, yeah, other people said, no, 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 this is for you. So, we told, so she told me her life story. She got comfortable with me. And then we talked about the Holy Spirit, talked about how this is her next level. i going to take her further. She was comfortable. She received it. And I lay hands on her and boom, speaking in tongues. Amen. There's a super, there's a man part to the supernatural. And you're going to move forward with your story when you let him do his part and you do what? Your part. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, This is so good. We're at Exodus 21, right? 14 verse 21. Okay, so verse 22, so the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now skip down to verse 26. We're talking about moving forward with your story, and we're dealing with point two, standing still when you should be moving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 26, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea and the waters may come, that, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians on their chariots, on their horsemen. So the same rod and hand he stretched forth so that the waters could be divided, the miracle happened. He said, now that you guys are over, and this is like one to three million people, now that you guys are over here, I'm gonna kill these guys. Your enemies you will see no more. He said, now in the middle of the sea, Stretch your rod over them. Now, if you, now we skip some part of the story for a time's sake. But if you read the whole passage, it says that God troubled them. You know that God will trouble your enemies for you. <laughs> People are so used to, oh, the devil's bothering me. The devil's bothering me. The devil's bothering How about God bothering the devil? Yeah. Amen. How about God troubling the devil? Yeah. You have to get off of the defensive and go on the offensive if you're going to move forward with your story. Stop the devil getting me. This one's getting me. What about what God is doing? Amen. If God be for us, who can be what? Against us. Amen. 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 The Lord is on your side. Those that are for you are greater than those who are against you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen. Now the devil and demons, they want to put you on the defensive. Because if you're doing defensive, guess what? You're backing up. But you're on the offensive. You're moving forward with your story amen Amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah thank you jesus verse 27 and moses stretched out his hand over the sea and when the morning appeared the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it so the lord overthrew them the egyptians in the midst of the sea and the waters returned and covered the chariots the horsemen and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, not so much as one of them remained. God knows how to completely defeat your enemies. That's the blessing of Deuteronomy 28 on your life. The Lord shall defeat your enemies that come against you. The Bible says they shall come against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The word seven is, the the number seven is the number of completion. Total defeat. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So if you have an enemy at work, you have an enemy in your neighborhood, you have an enemy in life somewhere, you got to say, I'm the wrong one to mess with. You're about to be defeated. I never feared being fired when I worked in secular world. Who are you? Nobody. And this chump job ain't all that anyway. Get another job if I have to. What, what, what this whole listen, you go to win a church, man up. She said, We know you go to church. I, I don't want to see no weakness crying over a job. I feel like even cursing right now. What the, you know, never mind. How can you be a child of the Most High and be afraid of a boss or co coworkers who are trying to sabotage you? No weapon have we sung that and said that enough for you to know that. Amen. No weapon Amen. formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you shall be what condemned. Come on. The Amplified says, shown to be in the wrong. Yes. And then, the, then, the, then the Lord says, and it says, says the Lord, this is your righteousness. And, and, and this is your heritage. This is your inheritance. And your righteousness is of him. You're in right standing with God. Who can be against you? Amen. Tell that person, you're going to lose in the end. Amen. If you know you've been doing right, now if you come in late, you mess messing up on your assignments, and that's a whole other story. If you're some wackadoo-do worker, then I can't help you. <laughs> but if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, I'm saying, I say you have to do it perfect, but you're doing what you're, what you're supposed to be doing and you're living for the Lord, Amen. nobody can stop you. Hallelujah. The Bible says, whoever sins against you, same chapter, I think, before, whoever sins against you shall fall for your sake. Yes. You're that important. So people say, you think you're that important? Yeah, I'm that important. That, I am absolutely that important. <laughs> Somebody and our traced. she was joking, but she says, I hate your confidence. <laughs> One of the teenagers said, don't hate, just Celebrate, <laughs> you'll get the same confidence when you come to this, when you keep coming to this church. I have some wives that don't really want me near their husbands, because <laughs> I make the husbands too strong. They're like, oh, you, you acting like Pastor Maurice. You sound like Pastor Maurice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Submit, Now I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, no one who's there. this is two things that happen when people get around me, they get fat, One friend I had, he said, "I gained twenty pounds." <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> All the restaurants <laughs> and they become very confident. Amen. No one usually can stay around me and have lots of because either I'm going to get rid of you, or you're going to change. Amen. When people get around you, they should have positive results. Yes. Amen? Amen, because you walk with God. Amen, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I know nobody can be around you and have low self-esteem. Not for long. If they came with it, they're gonna, it's, it's going to disappear after a while, right? Because Nicole will be like, okay, girl, get it together. <laughs> I, I, we, we can't be doing all this crying and moaning. Get a job, make some money, make it happen. <laughs> you know, I've been doing it. I'm a, I, I'm a single parent. I've been making it happen. I'm making these dollars. I bought my own house. You can do it too. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Verse 30 says, So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians um, dead on the seashore. Ooh, that's gruesome. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt, so the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. Mind the scripture that says, Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe the prophets, and so shall you prosper. That we're to advance, to move forward. We're talking about moving forward with your story. And what we're answering, those of you who came later, we're answering the question, why people don't move forward? And the first thing we said is they're stuck in the past. The second thing we said is that they're, they're um, standing still when they should be moving. And now we're going to go to point number three. They're going in circles. People don't move forward in their destiny and with their life because they're going in circles. They're stuck in the past. Come on, somebody. And that won't be our story. They're standing still when they should be moving. And number three, they're going in circles. Have you ever known somebody or you yourself seen somebody going in circles? Now, they're moving they ain't really going anywhere because they're just going around and around and around the same circle. This was the story for Israel after this deliverance, after they're in the land of Canaan. Now, we don't have time to go into it, but you know the story when God said, I'm about to give you this land, you guys are going to lead in this land of milk and honey, it's going to be good. You're going to get rid of all the Canaanites, Amorites, this, eye, that, eye. you're going to take this land. Amen. Amen. Now, that was interesting um, when we go to the scripture that we're about to go to, there was a point, and we're not going to read it, when God actually told Israel, um, there's some land you don't take. Because I've given this people this land, I've given this people this land, and I won't be with you if you try to take it. God is not partial. He makes it rain on the just and the unjust. He makes the sun to shine on the good and on the evil. And there's some things he's given to other people that's not yours. That's why it's, it's stupid to be covetous. Covetous means to want something that belongs to somebody else. Don't want somebody else's husband, don't want somebody else's wife, don't want somebody else's house, don't want somebody else's car, just get yours. Focus on what you want. And what happens is it delivers you from trying to keep up with the Joneses. I'm to keep up with nobody, I'm trying to live my life according to somebody else's ideals, I'm living my life according to my desire that God has put in my heart and God is being glorified in my life. Amen? All right, so God told, so, the, so, so what happened was they didn't believe God, and the Lord said, You've tested me this 10 times. Remember 10? The 10 plagues? Now, these 10 times, God is counting. 10 represents judgment. He says, Besides Joshua and Caleb, you're not going to enter the land. You said you can't, so you can't. You said I won't, so I won't. Watch your words in this season. So they were stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. And God says, I'm going to kill off all you unbelievers, all you doubters, that saw my miracles and you're still doubting, still negative in your words. I'm going to kill you off, and the kids you said are going to suffer, they're going to be the ones going to the promised land. So the kids, 20 and younger, weren't part of that judgment. Everybody else older, you're part of the judgment. So now, they've been going around this. Now, 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 what's interesting is, you're still my people. So I'm still going to take care of you. I'm still going to love you. The Bible says they lack nothing. But they're still going around in circles. So you can have your needs met and still be going in circles. You can have some level of okayness and still be going in circles. Okay, so they were going around this circle, this mountain. And this is what the Lord said through Moses to them. Deuteronomy 2, verse 1 to 4, he's repeating. Well, I mean one to three rather, and repeating what he said. He said, then we turned and set out for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke to me, and we circled Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me saying, you have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn north. There are some things you have circled long enough and the Lord is tired, and He's telling you it's time for you to be tired. Amen. Some people circle relationships. Same man over and over again. Same girl over and over again. Stop going around in circles. Or they circle the same kind of job over and over again. Same kind of situation, same drama. Remember Mary J. Blythe said, No more drama? Yeah. How we ain't living? How, how can we ain't living in that now? No more drama. Don't keep circling. Don't keep doing the same thing. You got to have one abusive relationship into the next abusive relationship. Got to have one bad job into another bad job. Or you stay in a circle of worry. You keep worrying, keep worrying. God told you, stop worrying. He preached to you, stop worrying. You're in the Word. You hear the, the man of God say, stop worrying. You keep worrying. And then it starts destroying your health. and You keep worrying. I I warned a particular person and her husband, and I had a dream, and I saw them in my kitchen, and they were speaking negative words. Um, Actually, I can tell you, it was my mom and her husband. And when I went to go visit her, because you're going through a little health challenge, and I said, you guys better watch your words. Because in the dream, the Lord showed me, if you don't change your words, what you're dealing with will be worst, and you will not be able to handle what's coming. My mother was quiet. Tony was quiet. They're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they knew when the prophet speaks. Nah, let's stop. <laughs> so I saw you guys in my kitchen. And the Lord said to say this to you. I told my mother, because Tony wouldn't know this. I said, and I saw in the dream that what came on one of my grandmother's sisters, my aunt, is going to come on you if you don't change your words. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you this. Let me just teach you something. This is just this is just for you guys. You know I was gonna be a psychologist. This is not what I'm gonna tell you, but I'm just gonna say this. I like to study of human minds and what people how people think and process stuff. Me too. I really wasn't gonna become and many pastors, you know, they was if they weren't going to secular, they would have been psychologists or psychiatrists or psychotherapists. Some people like being sick because they want the sympathy that comes from the sickness do not be that person deal with your childhood trauma deal with your loneliness deal with your emotional pain whatever it is you got going on deal with it so that you become some kind of nut sorry to be so harsh who likes sickness so you can get sympathy and they won't admit it to themselves but it's a pattern. We was in Bible school. Um, one of our instructors said when he was in his old school Pentecostal church, Sister So-and-so, woman of God, she gets get sick and everybody started visiting her and love on her and stuff. she get well and then nobody's talking to her no more. Everybody's moving on with their lives. So she gets sick again. Everybody's coming to her. And he started realizing the pattern was she lacked the attention. Please don't be that crazy Amen. that you like attention from being sick, because one day the devil's going to put something on you that you won't get off of you. Now, hopefully, none of you are like that. But if any of you are, secretly, get delivered. Be delivered in Jesus' name. Amen! Amen. Amen. You need to hate sickness and disease like you hate anything else. It's from the dark realm. I, I will not tolerate it in my body. I will not tolerate it. I was speaking, sometimes when I see, like we went, Pastor Patrick and I went to go visit somebody who, in the hospital, somebody that used to go to our church, the mother called, okay, okay, fine, we'll go see you. So that, so that every time I walk into the hospital, I say a, ne- a knife will never touch my body. Hallelujah. I look at people in the laying up, I like, God have mercy. Hallelujah. And I stand against it, not only for myself, for the church. So I was laying on the couch the other day, And something came up on the TV I was watching. And I said, that won't happen in this Church. I'll be putting up all kind of no trespassing signs in the spirit realm. That's why you're all pretty good. You'll be really good if you believe what I'm saying. I put up no trespassing signs for cancer, for Alzheimer's, dementia. And we've had um, somebody with dementia in our church, but it doesn't make a difference. I don't let what happened affect how I preach. One time, there's a couple that lost a baby in our church. That doesn't happen, hardly ever, but it did happen. And I told the couple, I said, don't let the devil back you up now. I said, like, oh, that was kind of harsh right now. I said, the reason why I'm doing it is because you want more kids, right? Amen. So if you don't put up a no trespassing sign that though my baby died, this won't happen again, it will happen again. Amen. But guess what, they listened. And three babies later, they're good. <laughs> yeah. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Even if you have a loss, you can't stay circling around that loss. Oh, I got a loss, I got a loss. No, 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 Mr. Devil, you won't get me again. Hallelujah. I will not be afflicted again with this. you gotta learn to do this. Stand your ground. And here, here's the word of the Lord. Now, I was I tell all of you, I told a few people, but I was going to tell this to the church some time ago. I'm going to tell you now. The Lord said to me some months ago, tell the people, don't be a casualty of spiritual warfare. You are in a spiritual warfare. Satan wants you. The demons want you. But God says, don't be a casualty. What do you mean don't be a casualty? Don't let the devil get you. You've got enough weapons, enough power so that you do not have to lose. Amen. Amen. The Bible says you're more than a conqueror through him who loved you, right? Yes. You've gained a surpassing victory, right? Amen. You're a victor, not a victim, right? Amen. Can somebody say that? Somebody say, I'm a victor. I'm a I'm a victor. And not a, not a victim. I'm moving forward, I'm moving forward, forward. with my story. Hallelujah. 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 Get excited, y'all. So God told Moses to tell Israel, Stop going around in a circle. Turn. So if you find yourself in a, in a circle pattern, you say, Lord, how do I get out of this, out of this cycle? How do I get out of going around, around in circles in this area of my life? Same financial situation, same problems, same debt, over and over again. What do I do? And the, Lord, the Bible says the Lord will give you wisdom. Out of his mouth comes wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Amen? Anybody want to live a luxurious life? Well it says luxury, this is a book of proverbs. Luxury is not fitting for a fool. <laughs> so you want to have luxury? Want to live in? Want to drive up in your nice car? Live in your nice house in expensive New York City? Get some wisdom. And wisdom will get all the money to you. There's money all around you. I have a friend who made. I don't want to say it, man. He was on vacation in Montenegro, and made mad though. He's showing off, telling me, look how much money I made while I was on vacation. I was, in, I was at the pool, eating my squid, and look how much money I made. <laughs> and it was a lot. I'm not talking about 10,000, I'm talking about 20,000, I'm talking about 30, I will not go how much it was. It's possible to be paid real good, if you know what you're doing, if you have his wisdom. There's no shortage of money in the earth. Noel Jones was preaching one time at this church. He said, ain't no problem with money, money just changing pockets. (laughs) Your job is to use your faith and the wisdom of heaven to get into your pockets. Amen. 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 And please don't listen to people say, oh, it ain't about the money. You a lie. (laughs) Now you got to do it the black American way. You a lie. Like you're from down south. You a lie. (laughs) Or go Pentecostal on them. The devil is a liar. But I like you a lie. (laughs) It's about the money. It's about the Benjamins. And, 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 And if you want to be word, the word person say, the Bible says. Money answers all things. (laughs) Come on, somebody. It does say it. It's in Ecclesiastes. Money answers all things. You need money. It's about the money. Don't listen to all those religious people on Instagram, Facebook, and on TV talking about about the money. It's about Jesus, 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 Jesus. It's about Jesus. But Jesus died so I can be rich. Do you want the scripture? 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For I know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, Yet for our sakes, he became poor, that through his poverty we might become rich. Amen. And that's not talking about spiritual riches. Can you read the context of the chapter, it's talking about money. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus has died. He was stripped naked, representing poverty on the cross, so that you would not be poor. Hallelujah. He was whipped so that you would not be sick. He became sin so that you become righteous. Amen. Somebody shout, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're moving forward with your story. Um, This is the last one. My time is up. I got a lot, man. But this is is good. People don't move forward with their story because they're distracted. This is number four. Joshua 1.7 God told Joshua, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. You want to prosper, you want to advance, you want to be a huge success, you have to stay focused. When he said don't turn from the right or to the left, that term is used many times in the Bible. Look it up. It means don't be distracted. Most people are not success because they have broken focus. They are distracted. They are distracted by something that's taken them away from their goals. If you have a goal, you have have a laser focus. And there's so many kind of distractions. There's entertainment distractions. From television, Netflix, this, there's relationship distractions. People who always got you doing something that's not moving you towards your goals. There's problems in your family, problems in your life. Problems are there to distract you. You have to ignore problems. You have to rebuke problems. You have to speak to the mountain and say, move out my way. All kind of just problems just keep coming up to distract you. You have to set your face like flint. The Bible says, "I don't care what's coming on here. I don't care. What's, I'm not moved by nothing. This is where I'm going." Paul said, "I press toward the mark. I press toward my goal." You have to press. You have to put pressure on yourself to move forward. When the devil's trying to keep you back. People trying to keep you back. Maybe even love loved one trying to keep you back. Say, no, 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 hell no. no. Hell no, I'm talking about hell, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That's what the Bible says, right? I'm in the Bible. I don't know what y'all talking about. So he told Joshua, don't be distracted. Now you got to re- re- remember if you look at Joshua 1 This is right after Moses has died And he said to him in verse 1 My servant my, my servant Moses is dead Don't sit here and cry for another 30 days Don't cry for Y'all got your 30 days to cry? Go ahead mourn Okay now move on Move on Move forward with the story Get my people to the promised land Don't worry about why Moses died How he died He was a great leader, did great things But I'm God, not him amen Amen. so stop the crying get up be strong move forward Amen. amen when people die in your life the bible forbids us from crying and 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 going nuts like we have no hope i don't care who it is i don't care if it's your mom that was the best mom in the world your dad the best dad in the world your grandma the best grandma in the world move forward Yes, grieve. Yes, but you should not be so emotionally attached that it stops your life. You should not be so emotionally attached to anyone that you crumble. And it takes you five years to get up. I was talking to a woman who's almost 70 who really has done nothing with her life. And she's like a vagabond. And she's a believer. You know what she said to me? She said, when my mother died... I gave up on life. Please do not raise your kids to be that attached to you. If they are, there is a problem. You can be close to your kids. You can, oh, hug, kisses, everything. But you gotta train your kids. You're individual. When mom and dad dies, you need to be going on about your life. But that happens when you teach them how to be independent while you're alive. Amen. Amen. It's a key to living. All right. Don't be distracted, and you're going to prosper wherever you go. I says wherever you go. Amen. I'm gonna give you this last one, and then we're done. There's no clear vision forward. Habakkuk two, this is an old Testament scripture, verse two to three says, "Then the Lord answered me and said." Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. I wrote this down, and you can write this down too. When you write the vision down, you won't be surprised by your achievements. You'll realize this is what you planned for, put pen to paper and make your vision plain. I'm gonna read it to you again, but I wrote. When you write the vision down, you won't be surprised by your achievements. You'll realize this is what you planned for. Put pen to paper and make your vision plain. Okay. Can I repeat, want to tell you what a listening man? <laughs> Been to NYU and you can't catch up, man? Come on. No, I'm <laughs> When you write the vision down, you won't be surprised by your achievements. You'll realize this is what you planned for. Put pen to paper and make your vision plain. Amen. Amen. So you can run with it. Too many people are walking. Oh, yeah. Run with your vision. Run. The Bible talks about uh, um, the, the urgency of now. Yeah. No, that's Martin Luther King. Sorry, it's said the Bible. Martin Luther King Jr., Talk about the urgency of now. But the Bible talks about urgency. You got to move. Not in haste, out of unbelief, but move fast in faith. Amen. Some of you are behind some things. You need to catch up. And one of the things you need to do is start writing down. Write on a piece of paper, write on your phone, whatever it is, write it down. Write a few goals down. Then write some more goals down and get to moving. Amen. One of the things... I wrote down is that before my life is over i'm going to write 100 books i already wrote three number four is on its way they're taking kind of long doing this stuff but whatever four is on the way five is on the way six is on the way so i got goals i'm moving whatever it is and and, and remember the lord um um i had a i had a dream i had a spiritual experience where I was laying down. I told you the story before, but it bears repeating because it shows you something. I was laying down and um, um, I was sleeping and this thing came next to my head. I don't know how to explain it, but I knew, I knew intuitively the dream, this was the gift of writing. And I um, knew the question being asked, there was no word spoken, but I knew the question being asked was, do you want this gift? And I knew why I was being asked because you haven't written nothing in mad long. It's been 10 years. What's the last time you wrote something? You write mad stuff on a computer, but you ain't re- released nothing. Like people who talk, 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 don't do nothing. So you write and got all these manuscripts, so you ain't did nothing with it. So I said, yes. When I said yes in the dream, it was my, my it was like my yes went with this gift that was next to my head into the universe. I saw the universe in my dream. And it was like, you know how you see those like cartoons or these kind of sci-fi movies? It like goes in and stretches out. It was like it went in. My yes went into the universe and choo, like fireworks, all these fireworks. Hallelujah. So I knew i gave the right answer. <laughs> I knew this gift of writing wasn't taken from me. And if anybody sees my emails, you know I got a gift of writing. You know what I'm saying? Friday, Friday, the emails come. Check them out. They're pretty good, I know. No, they're really good, actually. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Whatever gift the Lord has given you, use it. Whatever gift the Lord has given you, use it. Everyone has been given gifts by God. Every one of you. And they're, and they're varied. And, and you have, many of you have multiple gifts. Use them. Serve the world. People talk about the gift of gab. There's no really gift of gab in the Bible, but I know what they're saying. This, this ability to talk. Use that. Some people have this credible intelligence when it comes to um, um, tech. Use it. Stop looking at Apple and everybody else and what they did. What are you doing? Who founded Apple again? What's that guy's name? Who? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. He's gone. Steve Jobs is gone. His gift is gone with him. He's he, he, he left a legacy in the earth. What legacy are you leaving when you go? What are your friends and your family going to be looking at? Oh, look at what so-and-so did. Look at what Maurice did. Amen. It's legacy time. Amen. It's moving forward time. Yes. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I'm to move forward with my story. I'm, with story. I'm, going I'm going to the next level. I'm leveling up. I'm, leveling up. I'm advancing. I'm, advancing. I'm, progressing. I'm progressing. I will not be left behind. Actually, be left behind. I'm, leaving I'm leaving ordinary, ordinary behind. behind. Come on and shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you for Jesus. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.